Jesus House in pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential, impacting lives. This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London. God bless you. Father Almighty God, as we begin tonight, we come before you with open hearts. And we lean completely and totally upon the Holy Spirit. We yield to you, O Lord, and we ask that your guidance, your strength, your insight become ours. And we just want to say thank you. Holy Spirit, lead us through the word of God. Reveal the Father to us. Make Jesus real and relevant to us. And Father Almighty God, most of all, we ask you to reveal yourself. Father, let us come out of these sessions. At the end, O oh Lord, may we be your friend. And we ask it in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen. Last week, we had a great time and we literally stopped. Um, we, just for those that weren't here last week, just as a real quick recap, one of the things, the one thing we spoke about that, um, that kicked everything off was loving God. We, we got to that point and so we were wrapping up character and we got to the point of loving God. And the question we asked was, how many people find loving other people, just loving other people, a challenge? And pretty much 95%, everybody pretty much that was on, on the call, I mean, it was just pretty much everybody said it was a challenge. Um, so, um, and then we went there. And so a couple of things, we want to pick that up from last week. And one of the things that we're going to look at is, so we looked at how the, the one thing we said, and if everybody can remember, when we got to what is love, we got to 1 John chapter 4, reading from verses 8 to 10, and we realized because the Bible says, and the Bible says that God is love, the Bible says he that does not know God, the Bible says does not know love because God is love. So whenever we found a challenge, Whenever we found a challenge with loving somebody else or loving ourselves or loving God, it is a knowing God issue. And then we, we spoke about that. And so the more we get to know God, the easier it is to love him, as easier it is to love ourselves, and the easier it is to love one another. And that was the wrap up on character, because we looked at that Um. um so we looked at that and one of the things we found out, and so we're just wrapping it up because the Bible says in Galatians 5 verse 22, and I don't think we got there last week, the Bible said the fruit of the spirit is love. And that's what that was the last thing we we're going to speak about character. So when it comes to character, if God is love, the primary thing that God wants to build into who we are, um, who we are and what we are to the Lord, we realized love was critical. And so that was how far we got in our discussion. Um, the first thing we're going to do um, in the first part of this evening is we're going to just wrap that up. We're going to look at how the Holy Ghost gets love into our lives. And then we're going to continue our discussion, which was pretty much this. It's lovely the way the Holy Ghost stitches things together, because we're going to speak about the Holy Spirit over the next two to three weeks, especially coming into the pursuit of God. And the pursuit of God is going to be absolutely amazing. It's called a new day of destiny. Um, all right. So 
Um, so what we'll do um, from now, so let's have a look at how the Holy Spirit gets the love of God into our into our heart. So let's have a look at a couple of scriptures and then we'll move on to talking about him as a person. So, so turn with me in your Bibles as we continue. So the first thing we're going to have a look at, we, you remember we have spoken about Romans 5 verse 5 where the Bible says that the Holy Spirit, as we go through challenges, as we go through difficult times and as the Holy Spirit is building character, the Bible says that he pours out the love of God in our hearts. And so that's one of our key scriptures that we want to look at. But today's scripture, let's have a look. Um, let's have a look at, please turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 3. And I'm going to read from verse 14. Um, it's lovely verse of scripture. Um, I'm going to read from Ephesians chapter 3 verse 14. I will read... Um, I'm going to read from the modern King James. So the new King James will be fine. Um, yeah, so I'm going to read from the modern King James and I will read through it. I may switch back to the old King James at different times, but I'll clarify that. And so if you turn in your Bibles, please, ladies and gentlemen, to um, Ephesians chapter three, and we're going to be reading from 14. There we go. And so we'll start from there. The Bible says the following, and I'm reading the modern King James, so a new King James version or any version you want, please follow along. Um, if you want to read it in the Amplified, that will be absolutely fine, please, or in any one of the others, TPT, NLT, please do so. Um, it will be fun. The Bible says the following, for this cause, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Paul is praying for the people in Ephesus. Now, the reason that this, these prayers are important, Ephesus was a very unique place, and they were up against a lot of resistance. So when I say a lot of resistance, just being around Ephesus, it was a very um, hostile spiritual environment. And so the people were in dire straits. That being the case, we find ourselves, um, Paul was praying for them and he prayed two very pivotal prayers for them. This is the second one. The first one is in Ephesians 1. This is the second one. And I'm going to read from 14. It said, for this cause, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. And then this is where we're going, that you being rooted and grounded in love. I'll put, actually, I'll read to the end because it's such a wonderful scripture, but verse 17 is our focus. And the Bible says, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. And the Bible then says the following, now to him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages forever. Amen. So that's Ephesians 3, 14 to 21. Verse 17 is our focus. The Bible says that how does the Holy Spirit um, get the love of God into your hearts? Notice what the Bible says is the following that the Lord will pour out 
through the Holy Spirit, he will strengthen you where? In your spirit. He will fill your spirit with himself. The Bible says that God will grant you from his riches in glory to be strengthened with might where? In the inner man. So loving God, loving you, and loving others starts inside. Doesn't start outside, starts inside. And the Bible says the following. And the Bible then goes on to say, the following will happen when the Lord does so. And the Bible says that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. So what that means is when the Holy, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit begins to work on you, and we'll talk about that in a moment, when the Holy Spirit begins to work, when God wants to make sure you have enough love and his personality and character are shaped in you, the first thing he does is he pours out his strength through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit strengthens your inner man, the person who you are on the inside. That's your heart, your soul, and your mind. And he fills that person. And the Bible says the following. Two things happen. Number one, Jesus becomes real in your heart. And so, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to pause there for a moment. So remember, to love God, to love yourself, and to love others, please remember, it will always be through the ministry, life, death, resurrection, and provision of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you want to see who, how God sees you or see God as he really is and see you as you really are or how God sees you and see others as they really are, you will do it through the lens of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that is what shapes us. And so the, Bible, the first thing is Jesus will become real in your heart and this is this is a very interesting thing because all of a sudden when that happens a personality change sometimes happens you find that sometimes you like I, I use myself as an example um i used to be a very withdrawn person but i also didn't like people very much i like to be on my own like to be um i also had a you know i used to spend a lot of time in my own space and then also I found that I used to get angry a lot. And so I was very angry with the world around me and that included people. After I became a Christian and I realized, and as God began to work on me over the years, I found that my heart softened towards people. And it's, it's one of those things about um, the beautiful thing about the work of Jesus Christ in the heart of a man. He, changes you to be what god wants you to be so there's a standing joke in the office that people said oh no you you, you can never be hard and you can never lose your temper um and you know i'm inclined to believe them now but in all sincerity you begin to realize that jesus in your heart makes the difference he enables you to love other people so whenever it comes to loving god loving you or loving others it will always be through the ability that Jesus Christ grants you. It's not going to be in your own strength. You're going to be able to do it through Jesus. And the second thing the Bible says is this. The Bible says you will be rooted and grounded. Two words that have two very different meanings. The first one is rooted. Rooted, if you think of a plant, when a plant is rooted in the ground, that means the ground can feed the plant through the root system, everything it needs. And if you are rooted and grounded in love, remember what we said last week, 1 John chapter 4, verse 8, 
that God is love. So if you are rooted in God, that means God can transfer from himself, himself into you. And all of a sudden, your heart will now be filled with love because God is love. So he'll fill you with himself. The Bible also says that you'll be grounded in love. It will bring a stability, a security and a confidence, especially when you come in contact with the love of God, realizing that God loves you. And this is one of the beautiful things that we're going to pick this up. So ladies and gentlemen, we've got five seconds before our declaration. And so we will take our declaration in a moment. So we've got five seconds before our declaration. And this is our declaration. And so let's say that together. It's now 714. Oh Lord, we are your people called by your name. We humble ourselves and we pray and we seek your face. We turn from our wicked ways. Hear from heaven, Lord. Forgive our sins and heal our land. In Jesus's name, we pray. Last line. We declare our land is healed in the name of Jesus. And so, and everybody said, amen. And so let's keep this in mind. And so what I want you to keep in mind is, so let's talk about grounded. Grounded means your stability will come from the love of God. That means when everything may be going haywire around you, the realization that God loves you and God's love for you is active. It is an intervening love whereby he steps into your world. It gives you stability even in the midst of a storm. And so, ladies and gentlemen, that's how the Lord, so that's one of the ways the Lord, and then the rest of the scripture is absolutely wonderful, but it's not the subject of our, um, our discourse today. And so that's key. So we realize how does the Lord get his love into us through the ministry of the Holy Spirit and then through the work of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So that's one thing wants to get in. So remember, whenever it comes to loving you, loving God and loving others, it will always be through the ministry of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in tandem with the ministry of the person of the Holy Spirit. Okay. And that's, love is, that's one of the ways that love is formed. And so we'll look at um, a bit more in a moment because we're going to look at one of the, a few things that the Holy Ghost does. So that's very important. So let's keep that in mind. The last thing I wanted to say there, last thing I wanted to say about that is this. Um, when it comes to loving God. So let's look at the last scripture and then we'll basically tie the loose ends up of our character discussion. And I want you to remember this. Remember what we said, rooted and grounded. That means thinking of a plant. So a plant is put into the earth and its roots go into the earth. So it draws in nutrients and the earth gives it stability so it can get stronger and stronger and bigger and bigger. And now, ladies and gentlemen, let's go to Galatians 5 and tie a few things together. Galatians 5.22. Okay, so <laughs> very, very good question. I've got a question. This one I'll, I'll answer immediately. And it says in verse 17, it also mentions faith. Where does that come in? And so where does that come in? So the Bible says that Christ may be formed in your heart by faith and that you being rooted and grounded in love, the Bible says you'll be rooted and grounded in love. Now, 
I'll come to the faith part in a minute. I'll keep, I, just, I want everybody to keep that on their radio. I'm going to come to the faith part in a minute. Let's go to Galatians 5.22 and then we'll wrap it up. So the Bible says the following. Remember, we have a, a picture of a plant. The Bible says in Galatians 5.22, but the fruit of the spirit is love. Then the Bible continues. Joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faith, meekness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. Now, notice what the Bible says. The Bible says that the fruit of the spirit is love. That means when, think of us as a plant. We are now rooted and grounded in love. The Bible says that Jesus has been formed in our hearts by faith. And I'm going to come to that in a minute. By faith. The Bible then says that the next thing we will do is we will be fruitful. And that means, please keep this in mind. The fruits of the spirit. When I read this a long, long time ago, my assumption was when we say the fruit of the spirit, that the fruits that we're talking about are the things that the spirit makes happen and we just get benefits from. No, the spirit on our inside causes us to bear fruit because we're the plants. We are planted and rooted in Christ. So we are the branches which bear the fruits. And so these are the fruits because these are the fruits that come out of our lives when the Holy Spirit finds a place in our hearts. The first one is love. That means, remember what we said, God shows up. Then we've got joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faith, meekness, and self-control. The Bible says, against such there is no law. Interestingly, all these are attributes that come directly from the Lord. Think about it this way. Notice, nobody teaches a plant, an apple tree, to produce apples. All you have to do is keep it in the right environment, make sure there's enough water, enough ground, and the weather is right, and the apples will show up naturally. And so, ladies and gentlemen, when you are rooted and grounded in Christ, when the Holy Spirit is on your inside, as long as you spend time in the Lord, the fruit will show up naturally. And I'm going to show you where, okay? And that's where we will begin to get to. So this is the last, so this is how, remember, it's not something you work up. Personality and character is something that the Holy Spirit works through you, through your choices, through your through the, you're going to see it in a minute, through our study life and through our time with God, the Lord begins to shape and build his character on our inside. But notice what Jesus says. Please turn with me in your Bible. So you've got Galatians 5.22. Please turn with me to John chapter 15. And I'm going to start reading from verse 1, and I'm going to stop reading at verse 7. The Bible, this is Jesus speaking. The Bible says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. 
Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every one that bears fruit, he prunes it so that it may bring forth more fruit. So you realize the fruit bearing part is thus. Okay. Verse three. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken to you. Keep that in mind. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it remains in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, the same brings forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Remember the question that was asked earlier, that where does faith come in in Ephesians 3.17? Jesus is about to explain to you. The Bible says, if anyone does not, uh, verse six, if anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather and cast them into the fire and they are burned. Verse seven, the Bible says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done to you. In this is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you shall be my disciples. So how does Christ dwell in our hearts by faith? When we spend time in the word of God. Now, this is also when we spend time. So Jesus says, as long as you put the word in me, that you're, my word in you, then what will happen is you will bear fruit. The word of God on your inside will bear fruit on your outside. And so, ladies and gentlemen, we begin to realize that this is where it is, where the Bible says that the Holy Ghost will cause Christ to dwell in your hearts. How? By faith. Why? Because faith does not come from anywhere else except the word of God. Romans 10, 17. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So when the Bible's speaking about faith and the Bible said Jesus Christ will be formed in your heart by faith, it means the Holy Spirit will cause the word of God to come alive on your inside, causing Jesus to become real in your inside. How? He will cause the word that you are reading, the word that you are studying, the word of God that you meditate on, the word of God that you confess, and the word of God that you speak and act on. The Bible says he will make it real. Jesus says, when that happens, you will bear much fruit. What kind of fruit? The first one we've looked at, in Galatians 5.22, it's personality and character, the way we act, the way we treat others. What other fruits are there? There's one really big one. Turn with me to the book of Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13. And I'm going to... Uh, yes, verse 15. The Bible says, by him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. 
that is the fruit of our lips confessing his name what fruit does jesus want you to bear the words that you speak out of your mouth the thoughts that you think on your inside those are the things that god will use to impact your environment and the bible says jesus calls that fruit jesus calls that fruit so what i want you to begin to realize is loving god loving you and loving others is actually not as hard as it seems it is a process that the holy spirit and jesus christ will make happen on your inside as we do the variety of things we do to love god when we're going to talk about that next and so ladies and gentlemen what i want you to begin to realize we went from ephesians 3 14 then we went to john chapter 15 from verses 1 to 7 and then we went to hebrews chapter 13 verse 15 And the last one we mentioned was, we also spoke about Romans 10, 17. There we go, ladies and gentlemen. And so what you begin to realize is when God asks you to do something, he makes it possible. He makes it possible. And that's the beauty. So when we spend time with him, he makes it possible. And so last scripture on that one is this one. I think this is one of my favorite ones. Um, okay. Um, all right. Yes, I did. We started in Galatians 5.22. So everybody, just so everybody is clear. We went to Galatians 5. So you have a full picture, ladies and gentlemen. Galatians 5, and we looked at verse 22 to 23. So you have a full picture. Fantastic. Thank you. Now, so what we want to look at is, this is the last, so we'll wrap this up with this scripture, and then we'll, we'll go from here. This is what Jesus said. Um, I'm, I'm going to pick up your questions at the end. There's a good one here. Um. So let me just look at what Jesus said and I'll come back to your question. So turn with me to Matthew 22, 37 to 40. And we're going to look at verse 37. There we go. And this is what I want you to realize. Notice what Jesus said. Jesus said, you from commandment number one, he said, this is the first and the great commandment. It says, you shall love the Lord with all your heart, all your soul and all your mind. The Bible then says, when you do that, the Lord will be formed in your heart, soul, and mind. So loving God, ladies and gentlemen, is, and we're going to look at it in the things that the Holy Ghost helps us to do, and it will enable the Lord to be formed on our inside. Um, okay, there's a question I've got. Let me just have a look. Okay. 
It's a nice question. All right. So, John chapter 15. The question is that the Bible tells us that the fruit of the Spirit is not automatic. Good point. So let me clarify that. Notice, how does the Lord cause the fruit to form on our inside? We have to do the following. And this is what the Holy Ghost helps us. If we don't read the Bible, meditate, study, confess, and act on it, nothing's going to happen. So putting the Bible under your pillow is insufficient. And I'm not being, I'm not being facetious. It's insufficient. So you have to read it. And so that's the part, that's the work that Jesus wants us to do. When you do your part, God will make the rest happen. So when you put the word of God in and you meditate on it, when you study it, when you meditate on it and you confess it, the Holy Spirit will cause the words that you're reading and thinking about to become faith and confidence. And one of the first questions that we got tonight was, let's talk about love and trust. How do you come to trust God? Loving and trusting God is very interesting. As you spend time in the word of God, as you spend time in God's word, as you spend time reading, studying, meditating, confessing, as you spend time in prayer, as you spend time in worship, as you spend time obeying God and literally giving at his direction, whether that be resources or your life, you will realize that God will come through based upon your actions. As that repetitively happens, trust is developed. Why is love and trust, um, why is love and trust um, so important? It's so important because you will, this is what I want you to begin to realize. How love and trust, love means I will pay attention to and I will do repetitively the things that will cause me, I will do the things that love God repetitively. So I will study, I will pray, I will worship, I will confess, I will obey the Lord and I'll do them repetitively. And that's because I love, think about it. The things you love, no one motivates you to do. And that's why the, the Lord Jesus said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. That means you will put all of your heart into it, all of your mind, all of your soul into loving God. And the outcome will be God will form himself in you. That answers the question of the fruit is not automatic, yes? We do our part, God will do his, okay? All right, so that's that part. So I'll pause there. Now, why did I pause this? It brings us nicely, okay? Um, I will come back to, okay, I'm gonna come where, oh, that's fantastic. I've got a really good question. I'm gonna copy it and I'm going to answer it at the end because as we go through what we're gonna go through, a lot of this will become simpler okay great question all right now so let's talk about some of the things that the holy ghost does one question that we haven't picked up and this was mentioned last week and i want to use that as a bridge 
one of the questions that we picked up was as follows. It was, we said, is loving others difficult? And a few people said yes. And then I'm sure we actually didn't ask whether loving you was difficult. And I'm, I'm not tonight. We, we will look at that. But someone did mention that what if loving God is difficult? And this is the beauty of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And so I'm going to switch now. Um, I'm going to switch in that. I'm going to switch to talk about some of the things the Holy Ghost does. And one of them, um, one of the beautiful things that the Holy Ghost does, I'll give you a little bit of background. Um, a little bit of background is if you, the Holy Ghost makes our relationship with God come alive. He causes, he, it's the most beautiful thing. And so let's have a look at who he is. So let's have a look at that. As we look at some, these are the things that the Holy Ghost helps us with. And so we're going to look at five things the Holy Ghost helps us with. And then you'll realize that when it comes to loving God, you have help. Okay. And so one of the most, a couple of things. I, yes, I'll start here. So please turn in your Bibles, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Please turn in your Bibles to John chapter 14. And let's have a look at verse 26. I'll put it in a chat for you. John 14, 26. And I'm going to read it from, yeah, I'll, John 14, and I'm going to go to verse 26. Because I want you to please realize that loving God, loving you, and loving others is possible. And that's the beautiful thing. Remember, we spoke about character. Developing Christian character is possible. Loving God, loving you, and loving others is possible. The Holy Spirit enables you to do so. And this is where we're going to keep this in mind. And so that's how we're going to use our bridge. And then we're going to talk about the other things the Holy Ghost does for the next two weeks leading into the um, pursuit of God. But for tonight, we're going to look at five things that the Holy Ghost helps us with. And the outcome of that will be, you'll realize that all of a sudden, oh, wow, loving God is easy and loving me is possible. Loving me is easy. Loving others is actually easy. Not as difficult as we thought. Okay, so five things that the Holy Ghost helps us with. All right. So John chapter 14, verse 26, the Bible says, but the comforter, the Holy Spirit, whom the father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatever I have said to you. Let's put that in context. Ladies and gentlemen, the Holy Spirit first thing he will help us with is he will teach us all things. And so what will the Holy Ghost teach us? The Holy Ghost basically, when it comes to studying the Bible, he will teach you the word. So let me explain what I mean by teacher. He will literally break it down in such a way so that you are able to understand it and then process it into faith. He will teach you. The Bible, he says, he will teach you all things. So that means when it comes to the word of God, as we're going to have a look in a minute, he'll teach you 
the word of God. And so when you're studying, when you're reading the Bible, when you are studying the Bible or when you're spending time in the word of God, one of the greatest things you can do is ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what does this mean? Where should I read? How can I use this? And you will be shocked at the answers he'll give you. He teaches you all things. Jesus said he will teach us all things. So that's the first thing. But then the Bible also says about the Holy Spirit. If you can turn in your Bibles to John 16, verse 13. John 16, verse 13. The Bible says the following. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into what? All truth. The Bible then says, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatever he hears, he shall speak. And he will announce to you things to come. That's John 16, verse 13. So the Bible says the Holy Spirit is our teacher and the Holy Spirit is our guide. And the Bible says that he will guide us into all truth. Let's settle something, what the truth is. John 17, 17. The Bible says, sanctify them, Lord, through thy truth. Thy word is truth. So when it comes, that's John 17, verse 17. Okay. So three scriptures we've looked at. John 14, 26. John 16, verse 13. And John 17, 17. The, they all tell us, put together, they all tell us that when it comes to the Bible, the Holy Spirit will teach us. Um, and that's something that we've got to keep in mind. He will teach us the Bible. And let me pull up one other the scripture. Let's go to uh, 1 Timothy. I'm um, just putting up a scripture for you. Okay. When it comes to the word of God, the reason that, that the Holy Spirit is our teacher, he was the one that inspired the men who wrote the Bible, the men who put the all the beautiful things down. He inspired them to write it. So you're going to the person who literally made it all happen and he will teach us the word so first thing and he will help you teach the word so when the the holy spirit when you ask for his help he will make reading the bible fun he's your guide that means he'll take you to the part of the bible that you really need to go to and he can do that through a study guide he can do that through him telling you directly he can do that through your needs. He can do that through sermons. He can do that through podcasts, but he will cause a section of the Bible to come alive. Um, or one of the ways that he does it for me, and this is just me, not for everybody, this is just me. One of the ways he does it for me is I begin to ask questions. And the last question I asked, I, I, that, or something will form on my heart that let me just study this. And the last one that I studied was, Lord, I need to understand the fact that with you, all things are possible. It has 
taken over my Bible study for the last two or three weeks. And so, ladies and gentlemen, the first thing the Holy Ghost will teach, help, helps us with is studying the Bible. He will open it. He'll make it simple. He will guide you. And he knows where it all is. And so, ladies and gentlemen, what I'd like to, so that's the first thing. He will help you with the Bible. Second thing that the Holy Ghost helps us with is prayer. It's really important. Prayer. Turning your Bible to Romans chapter 8. And I'm going to read 26 to 28. The Bible says the following. I'll read from 26. The Bible says, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And the Bible says, And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Verse 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them who are the called according to his purpose. So second thing the Holy Ghost helps us with is this. That means whenever we don't know what to pray for, whenever we don't know what to pray for, the Holy Spirit will help us. One of the major ways that he helps us, and we're going to look at this in, in one of the coming weeks, is mm -hmm. he enables us to do what? We can pray in the Spirit. So praying in tongues, we can lift up things that we, can, we do not understand fully so if i was let's say i wanted to say a prayer for every single person on this particular call we've got um i'm not sure how many people we've got quite a few people ladies and if i wanted to pray for everybody on the call 165 people and i wanted to say prayers for everybody although the holy spirit could tell us one by one be a wonderful experience but if I wanted to pray for everybody, the first thing I could do is I could pray in the spirit and I could just start praying. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. And I know that I've prayed the perfect will of God for you. Okay. The perfect will of God for you okay the perfect will of god all right so what you begin to realize is this so you keep that in mind so when the, you don't know what to pray for the holy spirit helps you pray and he will lay things on your heart he will speak to you so that's the second thing he helps us with he enables us to pray third thing that the holy spirit helps us with he makes worship a reality. And why we're going through these, I'll explain in a moment. Um, why we're going through these, I'll, I'll explain in a moment. And it's this. He makes the worship of God a reality. Turn with me to John chapter 4. Please. Okay. Let me put that. John chapter 4. And we're going to read from 22 to 24. John 4, 22 to 24, Jesus speaking. Okay. And so the Bible says, you worship, this is Jesus speaking to the woman at the well. 
the Bible says the following, you worship, you know not what, and we know, we know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh and now is when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. Verse five, God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Ladies and gentlemen, it is the Holy Spirit who makes our worship experience with God a reality. That means when you spend time in worship and it can be one or two songs. Now, let me, let me explain something from the bottom of my heart. When we say a worship experience, the Holy Spirit will literally create an environment where you and God can meet and he can do it through a song. Um, and that's one of the most beautiful ways he does it, whereby you'll find a song bubble up on your inside. You will find a song stuck on repeat in your playlist. Um, you will find a song that just seems to meet exactly where you are and the words speak to where you are. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. And through that medium, the presence of God will touch you and healing can be transferred. Strength can be transferred. Hope can be transferred. Confidence can be transferred. Um, and so, <laughs> all right, I'm going to come to that. Okay, Pierre, good question. I'm going to come to that. How do we worship in the spirit? And this is the beautiful thing about it. And so how do you worship in the spirit? To be honest, ladies and gentlemen, worshiping in the spirit, whereby that the two ways we can look at it, and I'll come to that in a moment, but he makes worship. So literally, now please understand, the Holy Spirit will make it come alive. That means if you're playing a playlist on YouTube and all of a sudden one song will just seem to, boom, it will just everything. Um, a couple, I mean, you can think about some of the more recent ones, the goodness of God. Um, I heard, um, <laughs> yeah, I heard, I heard Jire again this afternoon and it's, it's the one that is being played all over the place. I mean, once you hear it, you have to hear it again and again and again. And what does it do? It reassures you and it makes God a reality. That's the work of the Holy Spirit when you're singing hymns and the words just stay with you, that's the Holy Spirit. Or if you find yourself, okay, if you find yourself literally going through something and you find that a song sticks with you, that's the Holy Ghost. And that song literally bridges the gap between fears, worries, and anxieties. And all of a sudden you find that God is exactly where you are. Ladies and gentlemen, that's the Holy Spirit. Um, I'm going to go into worshiping in the spirit. I may not do it tonight, but I'll, I'll do it in, in the coming week as to how we can do that. We'll come to that. So that's number three that the Holy Ghost help us. Helps us with the Bible. Helps us with prayer. Helps us with worship. And the next one, I've got a nice one. When you wake up with a song, absolutely. Absolutely. Um. All right, I've, all this, these are fantastic questions. A lot of your questions, ladies and gentlemen, will be answered in the next couple of weeks. So I'm not gonna try and cram it all into tonight. Fantastic questions. I'm copying some of them so we can go through them. They'll be, it'll be fun times. Okay, fourth thing that the Holy Ghost helps us with is 
obedience. The Holy Spirit is the one who helps us. And actually, let me use the word that's in my heart, enables us to obey the Lord. Whenever you find yourself doing what the Bible says and you find it happening, the Holy Spirit is the one who's making it possible. The Bible, it, it, it's really, really nice. The Holy Spirit, um, I'm going to, let me give you this, a scripture on it so you can hold on to it. And, I, and I'm giving you a lot of scriptures tonight because what I want you to do is I want you to spend the next two or three weeks studying. Okay. All right. Oh, that's, I'm getting some great questions. Um, I'll, let me just get to the last point and I'll, and I'll go on to questions. So write this scripture down, please, ladies and gentlemen, the book of Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 27. I'll read it. Um, Ezekiel 36. And I'm reading verse 27. The Bible says the following. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you shall keep my judgments and do them. That's Ezekiel 36 verse 27. Think about this. The Lord says, when I put the Holy Spirit on your inside, I will cause you. I will literally cause you. That means I will enable you to do what I want in a particular situation. And ladies and gentlemen, that comes from nudges, from hunches, from thoughts that come into your mind. You like, just like um, somebody said, you wake up with a song or you wake up and say, you know what, today I've got to phone this person. Okay, I've got to send this person a birthday message. Okay, you know what, I've got to do this. I've got, let me just send this across to this person. That's the Holy Spirit working on your inside. And it's the Holy Spirit that says, you know what, don't get this train, get the next one. Don't turn left, turn right, go the long way home or go the short way home. And those are the kind of things that the, the Bible says he will cause you. And what that means is he will fill your heart to the point that you can't ignore him. He's an absolute gentleman. Now, there is a point, and we'll talk about this, where you can say, you know, I'm going to go my own way. You have, a, you, have a free, you have a free will. You can make up your mind and say, you know what, Holy Spirit, no matter how strong this, this feeling is, I'm going to go my own way no problems. The outcome of that action is the challenge. And that's one of the things that we want to realize. Not obeying God, the outcome is always something a lot less than you are expecting to happen. But we'll talk about that in a couple of weeks. And so keep this in mind. The Holy Spirit enables you to obey God. So when you find the desire, the drive, and the confidence against the grain to do what God says, even in the easiest of situations or the more difficult situations, the Holy Spirit's working on your inside. Okay? And the last one, ladies and gentlemen, is the Holy Spirit enables us to give. Now, when I say give, please keep this in mind. This is not just talking about money. This is talking about your life, when you're being kind, when you're extending yourself to somebody else, when you are reaching out to make sure someone else is okay. Um, the enablement for you to do so comes through the Holy Spirit. Um, Hebrews 9 verse 14, the Bible says that Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, was able to present his blood in the Holy of Holies mm -hmm. so that we are all literally delivered. Mm 
Now think about that. So when the Holy Spirit comes on your inside, Jesus said it this way, Acts chapter one, verse eight. He says, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, wait here in Jerusalem. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will then be able to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and in the rest of the world. The Holy Spirit is our enablement. He enables us to do things, right? Why did I go through that list? Because ladies and gentlemen, when you spend time in prayer, in the Bible, prayer, worship, obedience, and giving, that is how you love the Lord. And that is how the love of God will be revealed to you. And this is one of the beautiful things about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. When God said, I want you to love me, I want you to love you, and I want you to love others, he literally comes alongside to make it possible for you to do so. How do you love God? Spend time in the word, spend time in prayer, spend time in obedience, spend time in worship, spend time in giving. And the Bible says on the back of all those five, God will look for you and you will not have to look for God. I just don't have time to keep you all the scriptures. I will, I promise it, one day. And I want you to begin to realize. So when it comes to loving God, it's not something you're going to have to crank up. Do the things that God helps you with. The product, the outcome of those actions, the first thing he'll enable you to do is love the Lord. The second thing he will enable you to do through God's love being shown to you is love you. The third thing he will enable you to do is you will be able to extend that love to other people, whether they deserve it or not. So this is where we'll, I'll stop with the, so that basically is the five things the Holy Ghost helps us to do. And that is how we love God, love ourselves and love others. Spending time in those, I know it's been a lot of scriptures tonight. Um, if, and I will send, I probably will put something together. So by the end of maybe next week, There'll be something for you to read through. So you'll get a list of the scriptures. It'll be, hopefully that will be nice. Okay. Now we're going to then next week, we're going to look at the baptism of the Holy Spirit. How does the Holy Spirit come into our lives? The reason it's really, really important um, is, and we'll look at the importance next week, especially as we're going into a season when we're going to be spending a long time in the Holy Spirit, spending time in fasting and prayer at a very pivotal time. And so we're going to look at the baptism of the Holy Spirit um, one of the weeks, and then we're going to look at what that, what he does, who he is, and why that baptism is so, so valuable. So we're going to do that over the next two weeks. Let me answer a couple of questions. I've only got one or two minutes. There was, um, so one question is, how do you focus during worship when your mind struggles to stay focused? It's a, it's a very interesting one. How, when you struggle um, in worship. One of the things is this, what I've found is this, 
One, ask the Holy Spirit for help. That's the first thing. Two, this is what I, what I do when I find that my mind is struggling. Ask Jesus for help. And then focus on the words you're saying. And keep going. If you drift, and if, if especially if you're worshiping by yourself, if you drift, start the song again. Ask for help, do it again. Because what happens is all of a sudden, it's like you break through a ceiling. Um, you break through a ceiling. And I really hope that helps. Just focus. It's not, it's when you find that you're struggling in worship, it usually means you're worrying or you're anxious or you've got a lot on your mind and so many times when you're coming to worship you say you know what for the next 10 minutes this belongs to the lord and then literally just focus or when you come into church it's like right i've come into church or i'm going into a worship service i've logged on for the next 15 minutes god you are in control you will make the changes no matter what's happening i trust you and what you'll find is all of a sudden things will begin to work. Um, and that's one of the things I do. So focus on the words and then worship in your own time. Spend time worshiping, spend time reading the Bible. So one of the key things I do, and this is what I really suggest, read the Psalms before you go to bed. They are the most reassuring sections of the Bible. Just read the Psalms, read the promises, and then it bubbles over into worship and concentration and trust and so keeping all five things going will help you with the focus not doing six 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 hours five minutes ten minutes remembering taking a break pausing and remember study the bible pray worship obey god and give okay um so I will pick up on all the questions. Let me see. Okay, after praying in the spirit, how do we know the will of God for a specific situation or prayer? Quick scripture for that one. Great question. Isaiah 55, reading from verse 12, two things. And the Bible also backs this up in Philippians 4, verses 6 to 7. Keep this in mind. There is a peace that will come most times it will come most times it will come and it will be beyond your understanding okay find that peace the second thing is joy the third thing is a lack of fear whereby in a certain area it's like god i trust you but there are other ways also get counsel speak to somebody and ask someone to pray with you does what you're asking for agree with the word of god lots of safety nets so use all of them rather than just one but the key element the bible says when you have prayed philippians 4 6 to 7 the bible says peace will come it won't make sense it will pass understanding but it will be a peace and a reassurance where god reassures you i've got this Okay, hope that helps. Ladies and gentlemen, let me say a prayer for everybody, if that's okay. I hope you've been blessed. I'm going to definitely keep all your questions. 
So just while we'll do that, let me just make sure I get all of them. Yes, got them. And so, Father Almighty God, I thank you for tonight. I ask Holy Spirit that tonight, in everything we do, in everything we are, I pray that your Holy Spirit takes over. Father, for anybody on the call that is believing God for healing, anybody on the call that's believing God for a breakthrough or a miracle, I pray a series of miraculous events will cause that which they are asking for to come to pass. Eternal Rock of Ages, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for all that you will do. And I ask Father Almighty God that you are glorified. In Jesus' most holy name, amen.